Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Welcome to Sports and Things, a weekly podcast where we go in depth on sports and music topics of the week. Featuring John Lane, Trey Ely, Jay Hill, and host Dennis Turner. And welcome to Sports and Things, everybody. Um, I'm your host, Dennis Turner. With me, as always, I have the fellas Trey Ely, John Lane, and Jay Hill. What up, fellas? Happy birthday, Dennis! Yeah. Happy birthday! <laughs> oh, what up, y'all? Yeah, what it's birthday, my birthday anniversary, bro. Yes, it is my birthday. <laughs> <laughs> we can officially tell Dennis that he is fucking old. Ah, wait a minute. Yes, he is. He is. He he has. He has uh, turned a corner. Uh, he is now a man. What? Uh, <laughs> now, <laughs> what? He wasn't before. He wasn't before. He's, he's right. walked the blades he's of man. Hands. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, this is the this is the podcast. Uh, we are musician artists who love to talk sports, and we're going to get right into our first and segment. Now we're all old. Dude, yes, up. now we're all old. <laughs> <laughs> not not Jay, because he's still dressing like a nine-year-old wearing that Joe Burrow. <laughs> Is that what the number's for? His age? <laughs> hey, I'll take it. <laughs> all right. Uh, first, our first uh, segment is uh, going to be a, a mix of sports headlines. Uh, first of all, Wizards are out um, after they lose game five without Joel Embiid. So I'm going to ask the question, will Bradley Bill stay in Washington, D.C.? Jay Hill, go. So um, I think uh, it's really going to depend on what other dominoes fall first. Um, well, Scott Brooks ain't going away, so. Yeah, apparently. Uh, see, it's still, man. Nope, I'm, nope, I'm, nope. He's not nah, going to say No, he's not. Y'all don't want to listen to I'm not going to say 50, 50, 50 but here. I think it's like 70, it's 30, like 70 30. It's like 75, 30, It's like 100, I agree with Jay. It's 70, 30, man. He's not going nowhere. Um, he ain't. Bill, like, 
I don't know if y'all saw the the, uh, the article I put in about the potential, and all of this is all rumors anyway. These trade packages, but none of that shit looked good. Whatever they were like, even devising like, oh, we could get this. Like, no, like Kimball Walker for the Celt- like from the Celtics. Um, it was basically who else? It was just bad. Yeah, it was Karis Karis Levert. Yeah, what, from it, what it was was basically the, all of those trades would have given us uh, first round draft picks. And Draymond said it best. He's like, you're going to put draft picks up against two all-stars. That don't make no damn sense. It's, it never makes sense to do that. So all that, that, that whole article that Jay sent was, was, was pretty redundant and ridiculous in my more, opinion. More the, importantly, he's locked I mean, up for another two years. Like, no, no, no. He's locked up for another year. It's, a, it's no, one no, no. more year. 2023. I'm looking at it. He's locked up to 2023. Oh, is it? It's 2022. I could have sworn it was only a year extension. Okay. No, 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 no. He has a two-year extension for seven Right, but I thought dollars. that was I thought it was a two-year extension that started last year. So Are there any options? Is there a well, player option about, on it at all? We're talking about 21 to 22 and 22 to 23. That's, that's why. Okay, so that's why the article. That makes sense because that's why the article was talking about trade. He has a, he has a player him, option in 2022. Yeah, rather than him being a free agent or whatever. Like he he'll be he'll have to be traded for that next year. He can play one If he has a player option, that means he can bounce next season. He could bounce if he wanted to. Yeah, and he's unrestricted on in 2023. Right. Okay. I mean, I think honestly, he does. I think he does want to finish his career in Washington. I mean, I'm not gonna say he's on. I'm not gonna say he's on the he's on the Westbrook train where championships don't define me. I just want to you know play ball, whatever whatever the the wording he used, but. I think he wants to stay in Washington, even though he saw what happened with Wall and how we kind of treated Wall. I mean, if you want to put that on us tonight, Wall was hurt, so he was already a liability. But I think he's going to stay. I mean, Jay Hill. I mean, they said they said this is they said this is Bill's team. Like even Russell Westbrook knows this is Bill's team. They've they've created chemistry this year, right? But as much as it's my team, are you doing what needs to be done so that we don't start a season eighteen and thirty? That's why year? Tommy. That's why Tommy Shepard is here. This was Tommy Shepard's first year, this, and and this is where Trey that's and I the other go back right. and forth. But I agree with Trey. This is Tommy Shepard's first year, and he did a fantastic job. And he, right, and he, except and he for Bertans. But here's the thing too, wow. like they were, like they were talking about at the like at the last two minutes of the game, like this the, the kind of like chronicle the season. We got Gafford. Would we have had to get Gafford if Thomas Bryant was healthy? Right. Like what would have right. happened? Yes. You know what I mean? Right. Like you mean? there's a lot. There's Thomas a lot. Thomas Bryant of, can't jump. But there's a lot of <laughs> yeah, but, but they would not. The lineup, but they would they not. Yeah, they would not have out. reached out to try That's to get true. a big man. Yeah, yeah. they would not lost a lot faster. Uh, maybe. You don't no, know, maybe. man. Nope, Brian nope, can shoot nope, a three. Nope, Brian nope, can nope, shoot, nope. Thomas Bryant can shoot a three. Remember, I get you the game that. He can't play no, he, he doesn't, he doesn't really play no defense. Don't even though. say it. Don't even say it. It's not about defense. Offense Nigga. wins games. No. It's not. It, no, no. Uh, Jay, Jay Hill is actually right. Chance. Listen, Jay Hill is actually right. As much as he and I used to go back and forth, in this league, it's all about offense. You rarely the why That's why they score so many points. Yeah, like that's why they the almost floor. got swept in the I'm playoffs. Just, right, but at the same time, Thomas Bryant because is not defense. a deciding factor in any game that you have against any other team. <laughs> if he went up against about. a defensive team and almost got swept, so there's your answer. Well, Tommy Shepard, I think, defense. is trying to build a defensive team. That's what I think. And, I hope so. And to piggyback yeah, on what uh, uh, John was kind of saying about Bradley Bill is a franchise player. 
when you establish yourself as a fran- franchise player with the with a franchise that wants you to be here, right? They will build a team around you. You see what's happening with the Bucks right now. They they basically are giving Giannis the pieces. But wasn't was all a franchise player until he got he injured? Was, yes. Yeah, until he got injured. Yeah, right. until he got injured, and then okay. he he didn't play for two years. Like yeah. you're not a franchise player if you don't play for the team that you franchise for. You're not a franchise. <laughs> But Bill yeah. became the franchise player long before Wall left. I mean, you got to go back to when they he gave did. Bill that max deal. A year and before Wall was, Wall left. Wall was salty true. about yeah, that. Not long before, That's right? True. A year. Yeah, not long. Yeah, like a year. And like realistically, they like they it was it was a, it was a a battle of whose team it was, and then they both came out and said we were both in this together, and then Wall got injured, and then you can't be in it together. One of your players ain't playing, but. Right. The max deal happened before Wall got injured. It did. What I'm, what I'm saying is they came out together and said this is our team when the max that's, deal happened. Man, they had that, to that's say that. for the media. They had to say that. That's I get all that. Public. Yeah, that's I get all that. All that. That's yeah, my brother. The Wizards invested you know. in building around Beal. They knew. They her, knew it. They knew it. Before Wall was yeah, hurt, Wall got his contract first though. And yeah, but who's but Beal's was bigger. Yeah, but that's because of the, that's because of the collection of CBA. The CBA gets bigger every year. Like, who's to yeah. say that if Wall was healthy, he wouldn't have got a he wouldn't have got a bigger extension if he was healthy. Right. right. Whatever. If he was healthy, he You're was. Right. Pro- he would nine all of this is, probably still all of this be is here. Speculation. So it wouldn't. Den- Dennis has a all point though. They, they probably would have tried to build a super team the way that the Golden State Warriors did if right. John Wall stayed exactly. healthy. If John Wall stayed healthy, they, that that would have been the best backcourt. In the NBA, the Wall narrative, the narrative the in the NBA. Yeah, the narrative was they only needed one or two pieces. One or two Ball pieces, exactly. And, and right. Wall, Wall and um, Bill. Now, that's why won. they were trying to get Kevin Durant. That's why they were. What? That's why they were fighting tooth and nail to get Kevin Durant to to uh, to play with the best backcourt so that they could yeah. build a super team. Well, first off, he's never come in. So. No, but I'm just saying, like even when LeBron was leaving Cleveland. Like there was a bid to bring LeBron here. Yep. He's that was also, never going to happen. Bid to bring LeBron <laughs> to all thirty-two teams. Sure. No, <laughs> I'm gonna say you're wrong on that. I'm gonna say you're wrong on that trade. There's some teams you were like, we don't deserve LeBron. Don't deserve, but don't deserve him. But would gladly take that motherfucker. Everybody's like, well, if he's desperate, we're here. Exactly. Charlotte was like, please. Yeah, Charlotte. Exactly. Right. Please, so, sir, would you look this way? So, the, I guess the question that remains: Does does Bill stay here? I think yes. he does. I think he does. Yes, there's no reason for him to leave. Yes, yes. Bill and Scott Brooks for life. Let's go. Oh God! Wow. Okay. Oh. Let's move on. Um, yes. Coach K retires after um, he. Well, I guess he retires after this season, but he already had a retirement Boo. ceremony today. Was it today? I think. He, I, I think they did something for him today. I, I think it was maybe at the university. But this is going to be uh, probably the most anticipated farewell uh, journey for uh, any player or coach. Does, does anybody know if he's also reti- – I asked this earlier. Is he also retiring from the USA basketball team? He hasn't said yet. Okay. Um, um, well, and I, that would be this summer, so right. maybe there will be an announcement. I guess this well, will be Maybe not because uh, all the volunteers are leaving. <laughs> and, you know, oh, yeah, 10,000 yeah. volunteers like left. Because Jeez. of COVID, I'm scared. That's so, another story. Uh, I guess I'll ask the question to, well, I'll ask to John first because Trey is went to Maryland. Um, <laughs> <laughs> how has his legacy affected basketball, John? Boo! Whoa. <laughs> Say boo to his wins, nigga. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, um, it's it, it's very, 
this is kind of a slippery slope that I'm about to uh, fall into because there are not that many Mike Krzyzewski players that have developed well in the NBA. Um, Christian Leitner didn't really pan out. Um, what's his name? Was uh, uh, Grant Hill? No, 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 not Grant Hill. Grant Hill panned out. Um, but was uh, he in Hall of Fame? Uh, and of course Zion. But uh, uh, mm. I mean, too he's early. too soon. We'll too see. Soon. Too we'll injured. See. Too soon. But a lot of his players have not really panned out Man, in the no. NBA. No. Most so I players feel like the effect not... Zion's still in the paying. True. True. He's still in the what? He's still He's in the pan. He ain't pan out. He's panning left or right, depending on where you put the fan. still in the pan. He's still in the pan. He's still being switched around the, the, uh, the skillet. I think for the no most man. part. Yeah. Put some game on that nigga. For the most part, right. Coach K. I ain't finished seasoning. Coach right. K uh, is uh, incredibly well respected by a lot of his peers, a lot of NBA players who played against him in college um, and so forth. Uh, he won a gold medal in the Olympic Games um, with a fantastic team. Um, to me, I don't. I don't. Me, I was gonna say to me, it feels like Coach K is the only one that has yet to have his skeletons really exposed. Because you know how all these college coaches eventually have some sort of uh-oh. Uh, scandal, uh-oh. tampering. John with the you know what I mean? You know uh-oh. what I mean? All of that shit. I feel like he Duke is one of those schools that is like, yo, we ain't got to do shit. We ain't got to do no underhanded shit under the table shit to get people. People just want to come here. You know what I mean? So we ain't got to do none of that. But I, I mean, feel it's like true. it's still been some. It is, but it it's is still true. been some, I'm sure. Like UCLA was one of those. And all of everybody has their time when they had some sort of, uh, yeah, we found these receipts from Coach K buying this kid lunch for eight years straight. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? He, ain't, he ain't had no shit like that. He's really been clean or really been good at hiding. So I, uh, yeah, that's what's interesting to me. I want to see what's going to pop up. What what I'm interested in seeing is how his <laughs> successor, John Shayer, is going to do. He's a former Duke player. I think he was an assistant coach with, with Duke. Um, but he's going to be the new head coach after uh, Coach K leaves. But all that to say, um, I remember going down to Chapel Hill and seeing the Michael Jordan Shrine. And there was a note um, from Coach K when Coach K was an assistant at, uh, I believe it was at Duke. He was an assistant coach. And he penned a letter to Michael Jordan telling him how impressed he was with him as a high school player and had him wanted him to work on several things uh, in order for him to be a good candidate at Duke. But he was pulling for him as a number one uh a candidate to to go to Duke, uh, and un, unfortunately it didn't didn't pan out that I don't know maybe fortunately it didn't pan out that way, but all that to say to answer your question, Dennis, I think there really has not been all that much of an effect because a lot of his players just haven't really they haven't really panned out. I mean, what what's the what's the number one school that has had the most successful NBA players? Kentucky. It, Kentucky and UNC? North Carolina's up there, too. North Carolina, Kentucky. Uh, so a lot of the... I uh, feel like UCLA is one of those, too. Yeah. UCLA, UCLA has some teams. That's Westbrook. Westbrook's from yeah. there. Uh, Arizona, maybe. Yeah. So, yeah, it, it's it's kind of funny. I mean, he's he's actually he's definitely 
one of the greatest coaches to ever coach basketball, period. I mean, we've never seen him in the NBA, and we probably won't. But uh, yeah, Here's a question, too, to, to, to kind of – just to kind of raise a question. It, just because his players didn't pan out in the NBA, that's, that's the next level, right? We're talking about his legacy as a college coach. So if he has one of the winning, most winning or the winningest uh, careers as a college coach, is that what we, we weigh his legacy on? Not what his players do when they get after him. This is post him. What they do after him is not on him. Really. Yeah, no, definitely. That, but I'm, I'm guessing uh, what, I, what I was getting at is that the effect of Coach K, like there are a lot of players who like to credit their college coaches for their career. Um, and I don't know if players that really panned out as a result of what Coach K has done. Coach K is just like he's more of a team coach and not really an individual coach. I think that's why they got him to coach um, Team USA because yeah. you have to get all these individuals who are used to playing who a lot of superstars to come together and play team ball right. for like a month. So right. like you get a coach that is used to coaching people who have to play team ball and get him. I mean, I mean that makes sense to me. Like, you know, I don't know about his legacy being um, uh, tainted because of that. It just, I just don't no, think, I wouldn't say that. I yeah. wouldn't say it was tainted, but yeah, the it's just an just, interesting, uh, yeah, no, yeah, for sure. Because it's like, if your players don't pan out, like it, how many players did you coach that went to the hall of fame? You've been coaching for like 40 years, you know? Yeah. And I, I guess Grant Hill is Grant Hill. I could think about JJ Reddick. Jason Williams. I don't know if J.J. Reddick's going to go to the Hall of Fame. Uh-uh. Nah, maybe not. He's he, Role players don't really uh-uh. go to the Hall of Fame. <laughs> 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 uh-uh. Anyway. All right. Well, well I mean, congrats, Coach K. Yeah, congrats to Coach K and, you know, whatever. I mean, I, I saw a report that said he's retiring not because the game changed, but because he was retiring because he's his family. So, you know. Yeah, well, he said – this is what he said. He said, quote, my family and I view today as a celebration. Our time at both West Point and Duke – has been beyond amazing, and we're thankful and honored to have led two college programs at world-class institutions for more than four decades. That, coupled with 11 unforgettable years, United States national team coach uh, resulted in a remarkable journey, blah, blah, blah. For us, there's no greater joy than being part of our players' respective endeavors. Um, so that the countless members are extended family. Thank you very much. So it's clearly a, a family thing. Yeah, and I'll ask this question, then we can move on. So he has a successor already, but... Do you think they'll give his successor the amount of time that they gave him? Because like, they're not giving coaches the same tenures that they gave back in the day. Like you, you're depends, not gonna get depends that. Depends on depends on what he does. I mean, Coach K, it was five national championships. That's a 12, lot to step into. No Final Four appearances. Yeah, I feel like nice. if he don't get it in the first three, he gonna be out of there. <laughs> Nigga, he ain't, gonna, he ain't gonna get he ain't gonna get four to try. He gonna be like, hey, look, and they pay yeah. coaches way more money these days too. Yep. So, um, a little anyway. bit too much. Coach K, um, happy retirement, man. You hope that you, you, you can enjoy it and spend some time with your family. And whatever you do to decide to do next, Trey's still going to be mad about it. So let me get this. <laughs> <laughs> Ain't nobody give me a chance to uh, to speak my piece, though. Go ahead. Right. You got the floor. Go ahead. Oh, oh, thank you. Thank you so much. Um, Coach K is uh, hated by all Maryland See, you starting off wrong. And I players. Know. No, I'm not starting off wrong. I'm telling it's the you. living nigga moment. <laughs> So, Coach K is moment with Trey Healy. <laughs> wow. Go ahead. You guys done yet? No, go ahead. All right, thank you. It's my birthday. So, so, so Coach, <laughs> it's my birthday. I can do whatever I want. Well, uh, I, can do whatever I can mute you so I can do whatever I want. <laughs> <laughs> go, I'll, go ahead, go ahead, because we're wasting time. Go ahead. 
It's not me. It's not me. Go ahead, man. Coach K is hated by Maryland. You know, we, we hate him. But the thing is, uh, we've always hated Coach K because he was good, not because he was uh, a bad person or anything like that. But we hated him because of the rivalry and his intensity. Whenever you have a rival that is very intense, obviously that's going to make you angry. <laughs> at his intensity. He's intensely trying to beat you. He's out there yelling at refs and doing all that kind of stuff against you. And you're just like, go shut up. You know, and they said worse <laughs> things than that. I'm not going to repeat. But, um, you know, there was we had some nicknames for him at Maryland. I'll, you know, skip those. But anyway, um, you know, the thing is about Coach K, though, is he's he, he, he could be, you know, one of the greatest. He, he is one of. I don't know if he is the, but he's definitely one of the greatest uh, college basketball coaches in history. And the point about that I've always felt about his players not making it in the NBA, I think it's more of a testament to him that he's able to take whatever players that he got and make them winners, even if they weren't, you know, the guys that were going to go to the next level and take over. He could make them stars at his level. Um, and, uh, and if the question was, could he coach NBA players? If that was a problem, then why is it that the LeBrons, the Kobe's, the Tim Duncan's and all of those people of the world respected him so much during the Olympic games? So, um, I don't think there's any question about his capability as a coach. I mean, but he was just well respected on any level that he showed up on. So I don't think it anything takes anything away from him. I think it's more of a testament to him. Duke won because of him, uh, not in spite of him. Those players, when you when you had, you know, like you, you look at Michigan when they had the Fab Five, right? They won because they had five guys who was getting ready to go to the NBA. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, yeah. um, you know, that kind of stuff. Duke has guys that you don't remember their names and stuff, you know, right. and all that kind of stuff. Bobby Hurley. And, um, <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> but they were winning with with those guys. They you were, know? and now he's you know. to St. John's or something like yeah. that. Yeah, St. John's. Yeah, so the what they had one, the other Capel brother, not the one that went to North Carolina. I think one of them went to Duke. One of them went to North Carolina or something. I don't know, but yeah, they had guys that you you wouldn't even think about now, and Coach K was winning with those guys consistently. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and his, I hated him. His overall record. Out of 1,531 games, he has 1,170 wins and 300 losses. Good God. Yeah. So I, ha- I hated every minute of it. Wow. So, you know, if, if he doesn't get into any – I mean, isn't he, he should be already be in the Hall of Fame at this point as a coach. Because you don't have to, don't have to wait think till you, so. I don't, I don't think he's in it. Man, the court down there is named after him while he coaching on it. Right. So. <laughs> okay. So – Again, shout out to uh, Coach K. I think the only one waiting besides Trey is Jay Hill's waiting for a documentary called The, the Dark Years of Coach K or something. <laughs> like he's waiting for yeah. something bad to come out. Yeah, but see, I ain't going to say all that. That was, that was, uh, was kind of, you know. I mean, that was kind of real. Dark. That was kind of was was dark. Okay, sorry. My bad. That was yeah, too real. Good. Yeah. <sighs> Moving on to NBA. Um, the NBA playoffs are going on right now. We have a couple of teams that are on the brink of elimination. Uh my Lakers, for sure. Um, Bye-bye. Well, we'll see. AD's playing tonight, so we'll see. Clippers, um, Portland. <laughs> yeah, Portland's playing right now. Street Clothes is playing tonight. <laughs> yeah, Street Clothes is playing tonight. Yes. Um, which is the most anticipated second-round series that you guys are looking forward to watching? 
Um, the Suns and whoever they play. Nah, man, Brooklyn what? and Milwaukee. <laughs> yeah, dude, you about to get muted for real, bro. <laughs> Brooklyn he didn't and like Milwaukee. That. Yeah, yeah, I Brooklyn, think that's gonna yeah. be it. Brooklyn and Brooklyn and Milwaukee. And what's funny is, like, the TNT guys were saying how they actually, uh, they actually favor Milwaukee in this, and I'm like, yeah. wow, interesting. Uh, I mean, okay, let's let's we can do a. You got Bledsoe, you got Middleton, you got Giannis. This is essentially Lopez. the same team as last season, right? Right. When you add Bledsoe, yes. Bledsoe gives so, you like a, a, a solid point guard. They also added, um, uh, what's his name? Um, Drew Holiday's out there, right? Yeah, Drew, Drew Holiday. Drew's out there. That's, so, that's, what, that's what I mean. I didn't mean Bledsoe. I with, meant Drew. Brook, with Brooklyn, this is, a, this is a brand new team, and they just played the number seven seeded team and almost swept them. Milwaukee has had this team for a minute with a couple of key pieces added. So they've been playing in the playoffs together. Chemistry-wise, yeah. Chemistry-wise. And they're number three. So you tell me. I mean, Chuck and Shaq made made some pretty good points as to why they thought Milwaukee could probably win this. I um, think they we play don't know who much better defense. Right. They the, Milwaukee plays much better defense, I'm going to say that. I think when you when you get down to it, the first game, the first two games are going to be kind of like fill-out games. I, I think they're going to be fairly close. Um, you mean the Nets are going to be filling each other out because they ain't played together all season? <laughs> Basically. Uh, sure. But, I mean, look at how they've been showing out. Like, you have – at any given night, the top, their starting five is in the double doubles of, of scoring. So, I think they're figuring it out. And point. not a Kwame Brown double double. No, no. No, <laughs> <laughs> no but here's the thing. But here's the thing. Games, you also have to times remember. Times he went to the bathroom and. For, <laughs> not, but but not only that. Field goal percentage, free throw percentage, ten and ten. Times he blinked. blinked. But I, but not only that. Boston was a broken team. I know that they they beat the Wizards, but they were a broken team. They don't have their second best player on that team, and uh, they didn't have Kemba Walker playing, even though he's not an really an essential piece. But they didn't have a full roster. They had a broken roster. So they played a broken seven-seeded team. And Milwaukee just walked all over the Eastern Conference, defending Eastern Conference champions. So Here's my issue with Milwaukee, because yeah. it's always my yeah. same issue with Milwaukee. Like, Middleton phases out after a while. He's like McCullum for me. He, he kind of doesn't – he can't do it consistently. And once they lock down Giannis, if um, Holiday doesn't step up, who else do you have? Like, you got three options to score, right? But your main option can only score one way. Your second option, Thanks. he's hit or miss. And your third option is solid, but, like, he can't carry the team. Thank so, you. Uh-uh, uh-uh. No, no, no. Don't make my arm. I'm sorry. What? I'm sorry. Which team is <laughs> what? Which, what do you say? <laughs> Jay, you need, you, you need to be alone? What is, I mean, you know. What is happening? All right. I mean, you know. Back to basketball, man. He just turned his own into Pornhub. He sure did. <laughs> <laughs> you know. Turns his camera off. And you know. when, when you got the Nets on the other side, any given night, one of those players can go off and, I mean, take over and, like, win games. They can win games by themselves. But so, only one team. No, they're averaging, they're averaging 80. <laughs> they're averaging like 80. Yeah, the, the top three That's are averaging 80 crazy. points against And they Nets. have Joe Harris. No, the the like the top, they're, they're big three. They're putting up 80. Right, he's saying, 
Yeah, but he's big saying they have Joe Harris. Which, which night is know. the big? It just depends on who's injured, who's in the big three. That y'all, t- y'all no, talking man. about the Nets? You, you have to remember. Yeah. Kyrie, Harden, Katie, or they haven't played, played a sufficient defensive team. They, yeah, well, but my, my my thing is they can score though. I don't if, think it matters. If, right. two, if two of those guys are on, the other team's in trouble. If all three of them are on, you putting True. up eighty points between three players. I see that. Come on, okay. man. Like Come who on, man. who who on the Bucks do they have to really stop Kevin Durant? I just I, let's start there. You put Giannis. On Giannis Kevin is not Giannis is, do it. Giannis Kevin Durant is, is still gonna get his buckets. Easily too. Yeah. I don't think you try to stop Kevin Durant though. But then you do try to stop uh well, you Harden gotta, you okay. Kyrie. Yeah. So you saying your so problem you're saying, is so you saying you let Durant get his forty, which is already half of the eighty. So now the other two can get what? <laughs> they can get what? I mean, Brooklyn might be hard to stop. James James Harden playoff James Harden is scary. Yeah, man. When you put playoff, playoff James Harden is scary. So when you put playoff in front of certain players' names, they just become different monsters. Yes. And playoff James Harden on that team where he doesn't really have to play defense, all you gotta do is exactly. facilitate and score. Yes. Oh, come on, man. He's not. He's not in Houston anymore. Forty-five, six, and ten. Yeah. He's gonna put up those numbers all day. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> Damn. He was. He was shooting from the half court just like just because just because the other day I was like, yo, these fools are out here just doing whatever they want to do. So I mean, but. The point is that's probably the most anticipated series that's coming up because of the of the the matchup. The matchup is making it seem like it's gonna be like a really good matchup. I still got I mean, let's let's do predictions. So seven game series, I'll take the Nets in six. Uh yeah, same. Same. I I'll take nah. I'll take I'll take uh I'll take Nets I'll take Nets in six. I'm going five. Wow. Yeah, Joe Harris' team in six. These motherfuckers about to get their groove, man. Trey. It's going to be real. Uh, uh, it's going to be like the Warriors. It's going to be the way the Warriors are running through people. Wow. Like, remember, they was running through teams, yeah. and we were like, yo, this shit is not even fun to watch. Was like, that the year they are, lost to LeBron in the finals? What it, the before that? They, well, the, the year before that. that. They were running, I mean, they was oh, running through teams crazy. that year, too. They were still running through teams that year because they basically just ran it back. But, yeah, that, that first year they won, it was like it was like 140 points, man. Yeah, they, and everybody else was at like 110. That's like, when they they introduced like the real Splash Brothers, and they would just do yeah, it. Uh, they would exactly. shoot half court and yeah, winning games, winning games by like 40. It was like what, oh, man, <laughs> and beating like teams, like real teams. Yeah, <laughs> like, man. Yeah, you have an answer for Steph and for um for uh, Clay. It was like no answer for, either. and then you had Igudaba, and then when you added. Came and you're not going to tell me they was playing like you're not going you're not going to tell me they was playing like stellar defense. You're not. That's what I'm saying. Like they was just scoring the fuck out of everybody. Yeah, anytime like, you score yeah, 140 yeah. points, you don't have oh, defense. Like no one's going to beat you 150 to 140. Like, like that's not All Star game weekend maybe, but like Yeah. That's when everybody's just shooting. Like like no, no, no. They they So yeah, I think that's the most anticipated um I mean, that's the one I'm looking forward to seeing. Um I, we have to see what happens in the West because the West is still being decided tonight. So, yeah. Yo, I, I laugh and joke about the Joe Harris <laughs> thing, but for real, like, you got all those guys that we talked about, and then you got somebody like Joe Harris coming off the bench after that. Like, like I think that Joe Harris would probably start on a good number of teams in the NBA. 
if but that's he what was you want elsewhere. coming off your bench, though. That's well, what you, that's you want. The type of, yeah, exactly. Yeah, you that's want him coming off your bench. You want well, a six man. Yeah. Not, like if you're, not if you're Maxie. Milwaukee, you don't want that. It's like Tyrese right. Maxey. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. But they also said Milwaukee got, got better depth than than uh, the Nets. They said that's probably what's going to really decide it, which I don't understand again. Joe Harris about to show out. I don't care how much depth that second you got unit. against 80 points, man, off the starters. like, And that's not guaranteed, but 60 is guaranteed. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah, 60 sure. is guaranteed between you, you guaranteed three. at least like 90 points on, off man. the starting five, bro. Like, it's, if they <laughs> really on, motherfucker shooting 14 of 16? Come on now. <laughs> and all you got to do is with a team like that is is get them down like two zip. You get but the buck the down two zip, it's like it's over. So different. Yeah, it's a, they gonna it's, get it's one. a morale. It's that's like why it's right. That's why I'm giving them five. At first, I thought you meant in the game, get them down two zip. I was like, dang, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, they got the first basket. Oh man, we can't, oh. we can't do nothing. No, no, first basket. Back. Back. Scored Bro, first. It's, it's over. Yo, you know we can't play well from behind. Yo, he hitting shots in the warm up. Katie hitting shots in the warm up. Nah, man, I'm going back to the locker room, dog. <laughs> we can't hit shots from behind. Oh, God, man, I can't do this. Man. <laughs> Pause. <laughs> All right. Oh man. <laughs> All right. So we we have to wait. And, well, I guess that series. When is that? When is that series start? It starts tomorrow. Uh, no. No, uh, Saturday, Saturday, I think. Saturday, Saturday, Saturday. Yeah, Saturday. Saturday. Yeah, they got, they got time. They're playing in Brooklyn. Thing. First games in Brooklyn. So, yep. yep. They had the higher seed. We'll see. Uh, on that note, we're going to take a break, and when we come back, we'll have uh, a special guest with us, and I'll introduce him in the next break. Uh, Brother Antonio Parker, Philly, na- Philly native, but he he also claims DC. We gave him a little shit about that. <laughs> Go Philly cheesesteaks. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, so disrespectful. Right, this is we'll be back. Hey family. I want to let y'all know how to find us online and get the latest updates. Here's the rundown. On both Instagram and Facebook, it's sports and things. That's spelled S-P-O-R-T-Z underscore A-N-D underscore T-H-I-N-G-Z sports and things on twitter it's at is sports that's spelled i-z-s-p-o-r-t-z be sure to click the like button and the follow button too and now back to today's episode and welcome back to sports and things everybody um i want to do the honor of introducing our guest for today um antonio parker saxophonist composer educator music songwriter and producer Antonio Parker is a native of Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. Crickets. You were waiting for the boo. <laughs> but he's all, for he's, he said he's been in D.C. as long, well, I guess longer than he's been in, he lived in uh, Philadelphia. So yeah. he's, he's, he's ours by, by, by default, like by I time, guess. by time. Um, he's worked with a lot of people. He's a, he's a, a very accomplished musician, um, went to Howard University, got a bachelor's in music, hey, studies, and a master's degree in composition and arranging. Um, since this is a sports show, we're gonna we're gonna try to tie in the teams that he doesn't root for as well. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, welcome to the sport uh, sports and things uh, show, uh, Antonio. Man, thank you for coming yeah, on. Yeah, time yeah. With us, man. Well, thank you for Appreciate having you, me. Appreciate you, brother. Thank no, you. Man. I, I, I'm honored, man. I that was I, I'm really it's really impressive, man, to see cats that this heavy into sports. And I was telling y'all, <laughs> I stopped about the sports. When the Sixers traded Moses Malone, 
<laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. For three bumps. <laughs> we also told you not to say that on the show because that makes okay. sense. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> it's all good. Um, so we, we got a, we got some questions for you, man, because we you know we um, we we are musicians, and I think everybody here either knows you has worked with you before. Um, I know we did a gig one time at an office because John put us on a gig together, and we had to yeah. do that office. It was yeah, like, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> that Tyson's Corner. Yeah, yeah. 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 It was pretty cool. So, um, so let's get, let's get into some questions, man. Like, I, I want to know um, just to start off. Like, what's your biggest inspiration musically? Well, you know, man. I, I one thing I was I'm intrinsically motivated. So, so I you know, but I was inspired by Charlie Parker and Grover Washington Jr. Charlie Parker's your grandfather, mm, mm. right? Ah, I need, to mm. figure, I need to figure that out. Twenty-three and me, twenty-three and me. Ancestry.com. Yeah, mm. but, but uh, you know, I just I'm inspired by because I'm I'm not one of those. You know, you got musicians who are natural musicians. I mean, they you know, cat got perfect pitch. They got photographic memory. So I'm always I was one of those cats that had to work hard to get a little bit. And so, what inspired me is trying to get better each day. Run into a cat like John who can play the drums and rap at the same time. He hears the the chords. I mean, he he's just like a, you know, just amazing to watch this cat and his ability to understand the music and and so that keeps me going. I'm inspired by John. I see what this is. This was wow. this was the this is John this is John's little oh. nigga moment. <laughs> no, he talked this dude. He talked this dude up so much. No wonder why. This man got his own segment, and now he got he got the show. Check out the show. Jay, Jay is the living nigga now. John John got a spliff, John got a spliff star on the on the show. Oh. Hey, wait, Antonio, how much he pay you to say that, Tom? Yeah, how much he right. pay you to say? Yeah, you know I was gonna say it, man. I ain't wow. know. I had no idea. I just I like no you know, That's man, what's I, up. That's and I'm gonna cast that take a little bit out of everybody. Like and try to put it in my thing and see what we get. You know Word. what I'm saying? Right now, that's that's so, I will say that working with Antonio, one of the things I always notice is he he's always asking questions. Yeah, right? it, it doesn't matter. Like he just wants to know. He wants to know how people do it. Like the number one question that he asked me is, "It's like how do you know so much? Like how do you how do you remember so many lyrics? How do you know what to play when you're playing the drums?" And it's because you were there when they wrote the Bible. Hey man, True. you were right behind me because you just turned, you just turned forty. Jesus, Anyway, go ahead, Trey. <laughs> go ahead, oh, Trey. Oh, oh, we we doing the questions now. All right. Yeah, what? Hey, <laughs> <laughs> I thought we were joining. I'm sorry. Uh, that too. <laughs> Why is your mother the word jazz music not preserved as much as it was thirty years ago? Fate, wait, time out. Read that question again, like you're not reading the question, nigga. Because <laughs> that he sounded like Floyd Mayweather reading this. Hi, oh my, my name God. is Trey Ely the Third. I oh like to play flute. No, no. Oh. I'm answering the question in my head as I'm asking it. So, uh, wow. are you still doing that? You sound like you're having a heart attack. <laughs> wow. <laughs> 
Wow. All right, take two. Go ahead, Trey. Go ahead, man. Nigga, get his own birthday. old and grumpy and rude nigga, now he is. Nigga get, a, nigga, get a birthday and just go hang. Hey, just exactly. get all old and grumpy. Hey, get nigga, off I my always been, nigga, I always been funny. I just I just sense it on the show. <laughs> right. True. All right. Yeah, so why, why do you feel jazz music isn't preserved or I guess as, uh, 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 you know, in its original state as much as it was 30 years ago? 30 years ago, you mean you might mean 50 or 60 years ago. Um, yeah, yeah, because 30 years ago is it. I'm gonna be honest, I think who wrote that question? <laughs> <laughs> I, I think integration is a problem because what happened was that's 1990, that ain't even that, yeah, for real. Back, back, <laughs> back before integration, you know, you had black, you have black communities, so the culture was in within the community, so you grew up, you know, you know. Train lived on this corner. Monk might lived on this corner. And when when they left, when they, when a lot of blacks moved away out of the hood and all that, that's where that left that loop so that hip hop can take over. Because hip hop is like jazz, you know, in in the form yeah. that it came out. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And so yeah. I, I think it I think it had to do with integration, moving the music out of the community, and you and and so the culture was missing from it. That's why they sell so, hip hop as a culture, not just music. Yeah. Right. So you basically said white people got into jazz, and then that's how it changed. I, I, well, white people have always been into jazz. <laughs> well, mm-hmm. to be honest, if, if it wasn't in a lot of ways, if it wasn't for white people, it probably wouldn't preserve be preserved the way it is. Because they now, they, yes, I agree yeah, with you now. Because yeah. the artists, that's who they are. Yeah, but in our community, you know, it's it's amazing that our own young people are not in it, into it because they haven't been exposed to it. And that's because it's been put, now it's, you gotta go pay 50 or $60 to, you know, or you gotta go yeah, out, but it's not in the community and it, as accessible. Yeah, and like you said, hip hop is their jazz. You know, yeah. that that was, they grew up with that being the cultural music. Yeah, um, and that's what I'm saying. Hip hop so. and jazz is kind of like the same thing. The only thing, you know, hip hop call each other dogs and we call each other cats. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Wow. Yeah. I ain't never that's heard good. that one. That's a good one. Wow. That's a good one. I think that's, that's the episode funny. name. There you I go. was gonna say. I was gonna say. That's yeah, yeah that's not like a title. <laughs> that's funny. Yeah. That's an interesting take there. Yes, yeah, yeah. so, but I do this thing called conversations in jazz, and I just started this thing where I'm interviewing people because a lot of things that uh, when you excite the imagination of young people, or people is through telling stories. And it's, so when you, when I interview people and I get to hear and people get to hear their story, you getting something more than the music. You like it's like a behind the music kind of piece. Well, how did you get to this? And that's that creates enthusiasm, you know. And so the concept is we're promoting jazz through telling the stories. Mm. Nice. Okay. Dope. So um, I got a question for you. Mm-hmm. Who, like, if you can give me, I'm gonna give you ten. Who are the top musicians that you've played with? Whew, God. John, no. <laughs> no. Did you just no, say I, John I, I, was number one? Did you just I, say John was number John. one? <laughs> you just say John was number one. John, no, no, I mean, I played, with a lot of, played with. I played with a lot of cats. Man. I, I, Dylon, I Dylon, Dylon. I went to high school with Christian McBride. This, this young, who's a, he's the man in jazz. Oh, he is right from now. Philly. Yeah. Oh. Um, I went to high school with Boys the Men, uh, Quest Love. Joey DeFrancesco, 
And so, man, I was just, I grew up around a lot of cats. I played with, I played, I, I did a thing with Prince. I, you know, it's a lot of people. Chuck Brown, I went to Japan and played with Chuck. Um, you knew I, the group, I, you knew the group Shy, right? They went to Howard. Shy, those, Darnell, and. Hey, and he giving out government names. And they were my roommates freshman year when I was at Howard. Oh, wow. Damn. And I was on campus with P. Diddy. Oh wow! Right. So I was, I, I kind of. Well, he was in semester, right? In that, in that thing. Yeah, I was like, he, he just did a semester. Yes, yeah, they said he did a semester. He might have did a, he might have did a year and a half or something like that, a year. But I, yeah, rem yeah. I remember seeing him on campus, and he had, he had a lot of swag with him. Um, dancing in the videos. Right, <laughs> right. Dancing all, all, all in the videos. Yeah, <laughs> I remember seeing it. You know, and so I mean, I, that's a hard question, man. Because I. Roy Hargrove, you know. Uh, oh, okay. Oh, yeah. There I you go. Oh, you know, it's just a lot. You know, that's a kind of a hard question. Um, but you know, man, I play with a lot of cats. Beautiful cats, man. Very talented cats. So that's what's up, man. That story. That story is for days, right there. That's what that is. I got to go in uh, nineteen ninety five. I got. I did a tour in Africa, and I got to sit in with Fela Kuti at the shrine, and I Ooh, damn. Right <laughs> that, yeah. Yikes! You wow! Know, so, yeah. Damn. Yeah, all walks right. of life. Yeah. Um, I'd like for you to talk about your publication series, Jazzology, uh, for the young musicians um, who might be interested in the path that you're trying to create. Okay. International cats. Yeah. Well, I'm. I've gotten to what we call. I'm a self-produced artist, and it's, it was a uh, a great. Uh, just a living legend that just passed, named Andrew White. And he was a he was the vo most voluminously self-produced artist in the history of jazz, and he lived right in D.C. on South Dakota Avenue. He just passed um, this past summer. Okay, but, for our audience, the voluminously that means he made a lot of stuff. Yeah, voluminously. Yeah. <laughs> he would he would tell you I'm the most. What you mean for our audience? <laughs> <laughs> our audience ain't that dumb, man. Shit. <laughs> anyway, he's I just said most of them was in Tokyo. <laughs> Yeah. He was just more. talking about sports and, and you know I just had to you know yeah. all right. But he published more self-produced stuff in the history of jazz. And I and he was a he was a mentor. He would call me. I would ask him a bunch of questions. So my inspiration for doing I did a series of a 17 books called, called The Language of Jazz. And Andrew White, the great late great Andrew White was my inspiration for doing doing that. And I initially started out being just one book. But it ended up becoming seventeen. Oh wow! Okay. Wow. Jeez, man. And you Speaking voluminous. You see him in the background, mm -hmm, right? Speaking <laughs> of, yeah. Plug, 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 plug up, plug, plug it all, plug yeah, it all. Yeah, jazzology. Where where can they get that? You go to uh, thelanguageofjazz.com. Excellent. Thelanguageofjazz.com. Excellent. All right. So you taught in DC public school system for over ten years. Um, what did you like or not like about it? What, like, what were your takeaways from teaching in public school? Well, let me say this. Every since I started teaching, I was trying to get out. <laughs> right. right. Sounds like everything was on the not like side. <laughs> hey, man, I'm, I'm there with you, Tone. I'm there but with you. When I, I, a couple years ago, I turned 50, right? Oh, you and when I turned, yeah. <laughs> what? So when Other I, than me. When I, when I turned 50, man, when you get older, you look at your perspective change. You know what I'm saying? One, you start realizing, oh, hold on. You know, I got health care. I mean, health insurance. You know, and then you learn how to work smarter, not harder. Yep. They pay me well. 
you know, and and so I started looking at it. I said, well, I'm gonna ride this little thing out. Instead of fighting this power, I'm gonna go and you know tiptoe to the to the tulips. You know what I'm saying? And so, but another thing about teaching is 10, 25 years later, when you run into your students that you taught when they were in the elementary school and they and they and they or they hit you up and they say thank you or they I had a couple of weeks ago man or a few months ago one of my students I told him in elementary school he hit me up on Facebook man and we sat and and had a video on uh and for like an hour and a half man and he was just he was just happy you know I run into my students all the time so that's the beauty of teaching mm-hmm. you don't get the immediate result but you can you see that you touch them in some kind of way yeah. and that over time they sprout up I had another student, she she's a gospel singer and she thanks me for whatever I did um wow. as part of her becoming successful in what she does. Wow. Yeah, I, I agree. Like as an educator myself, like it's it's super cool when you watch the little yeah. nuggets you drop into them kind of yeah. and take 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 flight and then they come back to you like years later like hey look i remember yeah. what you said and i i implied it and then, you know when I mean, you can watch them take something that you gave them and turn it into something else so yeah. that's pretty dope man yeah and i mean i never you you couldn't tell me in a thousand years i was gonna be a teacher mm-hmm. i never had it so it was just i realized when i hit 50 maybe i'm supposed to do this <laughs> <laughs> maybe, right. maybe so what what are the, what are the what are the things you don't like about it specifically dc public schools hmm. well you know there's always there's, there's politics uh, there's always the politics in everything you do yeah and you know man the way that you know this the, they're trying to te- teach teachers how to teach a certain way like back when I was growing up, every teacher had their own style and they had their own, but they want all the teachers to kind of teach the same way and follow the same rubric and all this. And, you know, I learned how to do me within that those constraints. So, you know, and then I'm going to be honest, it's hard dealing with our kids. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I ain't going to, you know, but I, because hey, you're dealing I'm with the parents as well. Yeah. That's the, that's the hard part. Yeah, especially when you're in the hood. Um, yeah. Hey man, can you please can you please tell that story about the special needs kid and what he said to you? <laughs> please tell that story. Oh, but, <laughs> but you know, let me say the beautiful thing about I taught every grade level from pre-K to twelve and college. Man. I'm mm. teaching that class of Bowie now. I taught every type of child. I taught rich kids. I've taught poor kids. I've taught kids from different countries, white, black, uh, Latino, African, all that. And I, I, five years, I taught special needs kids. And so, which was my, I think that was the some of the most enjoyable teaching that I've done, working with special kids with special needs. Anyway, he's talking about the story. I had this one kid. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, if you ever saw, uh, if you ever saw Harlem Knight, and uh, oh, the boxer, and, and the boxer that stuck. Oh, I knew it. Come on, babies. <laughs> so this kid, man. So he would run out of my music class, and I, you know, just for, for whatever reason, I don't know what's going on in his head. So, so and so, one time he tried to get up and run out, and I saw he was going to run out, and so as he was running out the door. I was running towards him and he tripped and fell. 
and he got up and said, you big ass nigga. Uh-oh. Wow. No, that's hilarious. Yeah, I, could so, <laughs> I couldn't get mad. <laughs> I probably would laugh too. That shit. Wow. Well, yeah, it's crazy moments, man. Uh, yeah. Unless um, all right. Let's get into the nitty gritty here, Dennis. Uh, all right. Well, we got some more questions. I got one here, and a uh, funny thing about my question is. It's a little sports, but I think we went. Uh, it's a good segue. We were talking about maybe special education. Yep. What the? Um, oh, <laughs> oh, come on, Trey. Because um, this can't go. be a sports question. Wow. So anyway, oh, boy. What about Kwame Brown has inspired you so greatly in the last month? Kwame Brown gonna show up at your house. Well, <laughs> I, I'm gonna be. He gonna, no, he gonna bust. He gonna he gonna fall and bust his, his like head or something. Me, on, me and John were going door. back and forth. You know. You know. And Kwame, you know, I looked up the word bust, right? And it said it's a term. Is Kwame's picture next to it? Uh, actually, there's they have five biggest NBA draft busts of all time, and he's not in the top five. So. Oh, yeah, no, yeah, no, we we, we, yeah, we yeah. talked about that last week. He's like okay. number six or seven. Or okay. Um, but I will say this. It says a bust is a term used to describe an NBA player who, who was picked high in the draft and or had high expectations heading into his uh, pro career, but never came close to living up to those expectations. So I'm always about contracts. Okay. Now, the, so when you say, was he picked be- because they expect they had high expectations? Because if Jordan was going to pick him to trade him, then you got a question. You got to ask the question did Jordan pick him because he was expecting him to do some something for Washington? From what I was checking out, Jordan picked him and was going to trade him to get for whatever, you know. Right. So, 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 so that the question of did did they put? But he was drafted number one, yes. But he was drafted out of high school, mm-hmm. and everybody knows if you're coming out of high school into the pro leagues, that's mm-hmm. a whole other level. So then the the second thing is, was he a bust or was his career sabotaged by not receiving the proper support, particularly? Right during his first year. And so if you're not going to deal with context, you can just say, okay, he, you know, he, he, when he even look on the court, like with Stephen Smith did the other day, he did a bloopers. He did a Kwame Brown bloopers, but <laughs> it had no context to it. I think Michael Jordan and Phil Collins sabotaged him and took away his confidence. And so he didn't live up to the expectation that he could have done because he didn't get the proper support. Can so I, I make a correction real quick? Okay. I don't I don't think it was Michael Jordan that wanted him in the first place. I think <clears throat> GM and the owner wanted Kwame Brown and Michael Jordan told him no, but A Poland A Poland said no, we need to draft him and and that's when Jordan said, "Well, if you draft him then we're going to trade him because he's not going to be any good." And A Poland's like, "No, he's he's the number one he's a number one pick out of high school just like uh, Kevin Garnett, so we need to get this kid, and that's why he and A. Poland didn't really see eye to eye. So that's just a little bit of clarity there. Okay. Yeah, I have a correction too. Um, uh, F- Phil Collins actually could feel it 
calls in the air tonight. It I knew you were gonna say some duck shit. Duck like I'm sorry, duck <laughs> I knew you were gonna say that. Something is wrong with you, bro. <laughs> <laughs> Something is wrong with you, that's, like that's legit. What that's what happens when you get older, man. <laughs> yeah, get ready, Dennis. <laughs> oh Lord. Uh, wow. 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 <laughs> you know, so I'm I'm always about context. You know, um, a lot, and then I listen to some of his uh, teammates speak on him. And they were saying that, you know, uh, you know, that he they really treated him bad, Mike, particularly Michael Jordan, and took away his confidence. So you got an 18-year-old kid coming from high school to the NBA and he didn't get the proper support. What do you expect? They had low expectations. Yeah, they didn't treat him like that. But I think he's well, right about that. Had, but but I but had no I expectations, say, but it went even. But he fell even lower than the expectations. He, 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 well, I was going to say that, but I was also going to add that there was really no expectations from anyone except except the Wizards GM. Like I don't think there was any team that wanted to draft him number one. Otherwise. There wasn't so but the, the expectation wasn't really good anyway. But that year, like, who's in that? Who else was in that draft class? Who was the top? Uh, Gasol and create the expectation. Uh, yeah, pa- Paul Gasol was in that draft. That's right. Um, and it was, was another. It was another big person. Uh, it wasn't Anthony. It was another big man. But it was like you take a big man because that was, that was the league we were in. If it was a big man, you take him. You take the big man, no matter what. Now, did he pick? Did he pick him as number one because he can keep a salary cap and keep and he can pay him a little bit of money? And still do some finagle some other stuff. Well, the, with the with the way that the rookies work, they always get they, they get a rookie deal anyway. So any yeah. rookie coming in would get a rookie deal. I yeah. think the, the number one took gets him, more. Yeah, but more, but like later. it's still under cap. It's not it's not affecting the cap. Here are the more. first ten picks of the two thousand and one draft: Kwame Brown, Tyson Chandler, Pau Gasol, yeah. Eddie Curry, Jason Richardson, Shane Battier, Eddie Curry. Oh, yeah, right. Eddie Griffin. Everybody he was, was better than Kwame though. Yeah, Tyson, Eddie, Tyson Eddie Chandler for sure. Uh, Desanya Diop. Uh, Rodney White and Joe Johnson. All right, so Joe Johnson. So is there were some names in there. Joe Johnson, but you could gym. not have known Tyson Chandler's a gym. None of these people. Paul, none, yeah, none of these people developed like oh, not even in the first true. three years. None That's of these true. Developed, but neither did he. So exactly. So you have, you're making an argument that he. <laughs> <laughs> he's also no he's also he's also two or th- he's also three to four years younger than all the players that you named coming out of, of coming them. into draft. So he hasn't so even had a chance to develop his college game. Much more of an uphill battle. I don't think he did. I think I don't think they gave him the proper support. And also, he didn't get. He only what? How many minutes did they put him in? You know. And I heard a story. Too many. That, huh? Too many, right? Too many. He didn't. He, he averaged. He averaged. He averaged less than fifteen minutes a game. You got to earn your minutes, man. Yeah, if I as see a, him as a rookie, as a rookie not, he's not supposed to play. Kobe didn't right. get yeah. a lot of minutes his rookie year. Yeah, yeah. Kobe was mad. The, Jordan he, was hell. Jordan was mad. Jordan actually, Jordan, Jordan had yeah. Jordan didn't didn't even have. He was like, yo, I need to minutes. be in the game. Like, no, you can't be in the game. You're a rookie. No, yeah, I need only, to be in the game. One of the only players that had minutes coming in as a rookie was probably LeBron and probably Kate Kevin Kevin, 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 Kevin Garnett. Kevin, Kevin Garnett Magic had twenty eight, almost twenty nine points. And I'm saying, like, those two are the kind of the anomalies in the situation because they were phenoms coming out of high school. Right. Like, and they were like physical phenoms. And Kwame was a physical phenom. He was what, 6'11, yeah. 270 coming out of high school? Yeah. But he didn't have the same and mental. Fast. Right. He didn't have the same mental, like, I, this is, I'm the alpha dog. He wasn't an alpha dog. Like, the, the other Kevin thing KG about Kwame was that 
a lot of a lot of uh, uh, coaches and players said that he didn't have the discipline to want to get better. He was, but people always say he was searching for somebody to to help inspire him, and nobody wanted to to motivate him because they were talking down to him. But there was it was almost like Dwayne Haskins, like there was no discipline from the beginning. Like you saw the discipline in Kobe, you saw the discipline in LeBron. Yeah. Like the arrogance was there, but they could back up the arrogance because they were they, they, they were, wanted to. They play. wanted. They so wanted to play. Want to play. It was almost like Kwame Brown graduated high school and was just learning how to play. Well, I think. I think. I got this height. What am I supposed to do? This, coming out of the south, I think when you, they have a thing where you, you know, you, you have respect for elders and and this and that. So when you come into a situation out of high school and you got cat badgering you and and like really, I mean they they, they went hard on it. I think he didn't know how to process that and it took away his confidence. Yeah. Probably. I mean, the main think, the main argument they made is like he he lost his confidence, and with a player, with players, you have to treat them, you have to meet them where they are and treat them differently based on the type of player that they are. Some but see, take I, love. Some players need motivation. I think about that. What what Tone said, and I I tried to think about where I was at eighteen years old because I was treated almost the same way. Like I had band teachers and jazz directors who talked down to me it was never on the uh like some whiplash it wasn't like whiplash <laughs> because i'd be in jail i'd be in jail right now but i had i had a lot of teachers who talked shit about me and talked down to me and said that i would never amount to nothing i would never be a good drummer and i should just go and just try to be a teacher and that i would never oh. get a performance degree it was wow. bad wow. but that motivated me to say exactly fuck now, y'all 20, 20 like, years later you a bad motherfucker that's that's what I'm saying. But at that's that time, at that at that time, at that time, I I wasn't this ad even was though paid for by John Lane. Even though they were badgering me, <laughs> even though they were badgering me, I never put my head down because I was so confident that I was good on drums. I knew that I had a lot to learn, but I was so confident that I was good and I was gonna do whatever I could to prove everyone wrong. So what did I do? I surrounded myself around people who could lift me up and enlighten me and motivate me and i found those people and i stuck with them and one of those people tone was aaron yeah aaron was was, was basically because he and i were the only two black people in our school but, but he was the one john, that motivated me but john even if you didn't have aaron who did kobe have kobe just did That's that what, shit himself. right he did kobe it himself just, yeah. he like he yo, daddy yo kobe had his daddy <laughs> But still, well, but he well, didn't have his daddy working with him. He had his daddy to well, watch. He didn't have his daddy, and we don't know the ins and outs like to to know like eight a.m. He's working with his father. But what yeah. I'm saying is, you have to internally want it. He didn't give that. He didn't give that sort of. And that's what they like, were arguing about. It, like that sort of energy at all, man. But like but that's think, that's what's so sad about it. But you got. I'm just saying the content. I, I understand what you're saying. I'm saying that they did not build him like his skill level. And nurture that the proper way. I don't think they wanted to. <laughs> no, right. That's not our job. That's I don't think they wanted job. to. I think, when you I get think... to this level, you should have that. That's what I mean. Out, out of high school? Yes. Like, if you're drafted you, number you one, realistically, yes. if, if, if you're drafted number yes. one, that's the expectation. Yes. Let's let's Hell be realistic yes. about the expectancy of players back then too, like the life expectancy of players. Like you, you're talking about NBA and NFL. You're talking about players averaging about three to four years in the league before they out anyway. So. Even if you drafted at number one, the likelihood that you'll be in the league for five years plus is is slim pickings. Like it's not well, not, not number one picks. I think number no, one picks number too one. Yeah, number one you was expecting to do eight. Yeah. You well, you got eight, Greg Oden. One. 
Uh, we can go that's through injury, but you, you that's picking the ones you picking what I'm saying. actual. I'm not saying it's, I'm not saying outliers. what it's based on. I'm not saying based on injury, based on mental capacity, like mental uh, being able to handle the game mentally, being able to physically handle the game. Whatever your elements are, the average player doesn't play ten plus years in the NBA. The like Kwame Brown did number one picks. Kwame Brown did exactly. And he averaged a double <laughs> double. He averaged a double double with free throw. Kwame Brown also didn't play that many minutes. That's why he could play that long. Okay, he he got he bought his mama house on the golf course. Yeah, I mean all players do. Oh. All players buy their mama house. Yeah, yeah. Just just for that's you the thing to do that. for all athletes. You can do that with the league minimum. I'm gonna like tell you why. People, <laughs> I'm gonna tell you why people are loving and binging on on Kwame Brown now. It's because he's he's a, he's the story of a lot of people who come out of uh, something. And he found his voice somewhere in this twenty years. He found his voice. Something we never saw. We didn't. You can even on the. You can tell he, when he played basketball, he didn't have the confidence. But now he's speaking like a boss, and they all run. He's not playing head. basketball. <laughs> but that's okay. <laughs> but that's okay because life ain't just basketball. And, and and I get I get. You know, if you're really into the game that deeply and you're looking at stats and all that, I get all that. But there's a bigger there's a bigger overarching thing what's happening now with Kwame, you know, and he's talking. To, he's not just talking about himself. He's talking about how he's talking about how they talk about a lot of these sports players, you know, people that never put on the shoes to play in, the, in one NBA game, but talk all that smack, you know. And, and, Stephen and, A. Smith. Oh, you what's his yeah. name and so, <laughs> so he's not just speaking for himself. He's speaking for a larger cause and a larger issue. And the brother is intelligent, man. So I, I'm inspired. You know, you know, most people look like when, when Stephen A. Smith did that blooper, the, the Kwame bloopers thing as people like eh, because people connecting with the spirit that's in the man now. And they so. That's but I don't think that's Stephen A. Smith's argument. I think, and he even said that before he showed it. He but said, we're also said, in a more sensitive culture now. That's the other well, thing. Well, yeah, yeah. You show that shit but, back then. That's all on the Sports Center, not top ten. But He's the, the, the initial, but the initial I mean, argument. It's on the Sports Not Top Ten right now, too. The initial it argument is. is what is what my question is actually. It's the, it's the <laughs> next question: is is Kwame Brown an NBA bust? And that's that ended up becoming more than something that everyone thought it was going to be including Kwame. Kwame didn't expect it to get as big as it did, but he's riding the horse right now and he I, I agree with Tone, he's the man right now. But the initial question of is Kwame Brown an NBA bust? The answer is yes, he is an NBA bust. Yes. But if you base and, it on the numbers, yeah. If you base it on stats and numbers and and while I do agree with Tone that it is about more than basketball, yes, now it is about more than basketball. But if we're having the argument with Steven Jackson and uh, Gilbert Arenas on their podcast where all they talk about is what a bust Kwame Brown was and Kwame Brown finally just fed up with it. And I'm uh, look, he should have spoken up for himself. But all that to say, uh, the answer to that question for me is, yes, he's an NBA bust. Is what he's doing right now completely inspirational? Absolutely. And I don't knock the man for it. I don't. I don't talk down to him uh, on it. Uh, I think, but to me, I think that he just needs to eat that. He needs to eat the fact that he is an NBA bus, and I think he has a problem with with just owning up to it because, in his mind, his 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 site is called a bus. He's 
he he turned that into that's his platform. I'm a bust. So, so what? I think he's I think he has accepted that. Um, okay, I didn't know that. I, I didn't. I didn't. I didn't, know that I didn't. It's funny that his teammates didn't see him as a bust because they knew certain things he was doing and who he. Some of his teammates did. Yeah. So <laughs> I, I, I would trust. Mm-hmm. You yeah. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Yeah. <laughs> Some of his teammates. There you go. It's a, at the, the end of the day, the you have to you have to deal with like I'm a stats guy, so you deal with the stats. Stats would suggest that you haven't played up to the standard of what a number one overall pick would play and would be able to produce. Like, they expect number one picks to be able to produce astronomically. Like, you should be able to put up numbers here, let me a give long you, let period me, of time. Let me, let me just give you some 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 comparisons here. Oh, Lord. And, and, I, know, and I know this is it's like comparing apples and oranges, but I'm going to compare Kwame hold on, Brown. Hold on, hold on. Hold on real quick, John. Um, parents, please ask your kids to leave the room before these stats are ran. <laughs> who, wait, gonna, who are you I'm, comparing to? You should compare Kevin to Garnett. Kevin Garnett. Yeah, Kevin Garnett. Okay, so uh, Kwame Kwame Brown played his. This is his rookie season. He played fifty seven games. He he averaged fourteen point three minutes uh, that year. In uh, for for uh, Kevin Garnett, he played eighty games. And averaged twenty eight point seven minutes. Uh, Kwame Brown's uh, points, average points, his rookie season, four and a half points. Uh, Kevin Garnett's average points, his rookie season, ten and a half. But wait, 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 hold up, hold up. We oh. also have to, we have to, we have to factor in some things. Kevin Garnett's team, team. kind of ran their offense through right. Kevin. And right. I, 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 uh, yeah. Okay. Like yes. Stephen okay. That's Marbury, true. Right. That's Stephen. true. Yes. Yeah. Yes. That's but, true. The the Wizards yeah, the, at that point it was the Wizards they didn't run their team they didn't run it because they had Jordan because they had Jordan right so okay. we have to we have to put that in there okay um, uh, did he get doubled amount of time playing time uh, Garnett did, did, yeah. did, 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 did Garnett average doubled amount of playing time yeah yes and he and he, and what was his uh, average his average his average minutes played was twenty eight point seven okay average score I mean average points ten and a half points so he got a half more. He got he got twice as much exactly. than, than so, Kwame. So okay, they, yeah. So now let's go to rebounds. His uh, total rebounds for uh, for Kwame Abismal. Brown um, were three and a half. Three and a half rebounds a game his rookie season. For Kevin Garnett, twice as much, six point three. Um, and then, uh, sorry, and then. Uh, he played how many seasons did he play? He played. 23, 24, 24 seasons, 22 seasons. Garnett? Yeah. Something about right. Something like that. So in 14 seasons with Minnesota, he averaged 19.8 points a game. And his total rebounds were 11. For Kwame, with the Wizards, four seasons with the Wizards, 7.7 points a game and five and a half rebounds. That's just that's just with their first their first teams. Plus, Kevin Garnett has a ring, which he didn't get by himself. He had he had some help. But here is the number that here are the numbers that I think are pretty staggering Uh, for Kevin Garnett in 2003 and 2004. Total rebounds, almost 14 rebounds a game following year, 13 and a half following year, 12.7 following year, 12.8. The most total rebounds that Kwame Brown had uh, were in 2010 and 2011 uh, when he was with the 
uh, Charlotte Hornets, 6.8. And that year he, he scored less than eight points a game. So if we're talking about stats. And he played with injuries as well. And, and, and played, some of the non-developed game too. His and some of those, but here's the other thing: some of those injuries were self-inflicted, and he admitted that in one of his videos. He said, "I made some dumb mistakes." He talks about that whole incident in Miami yeah. where he yeah. got in a yeah. fight with somebody and, and told broke his hand. Yeah. Broke his hand. Yeah. So that's the discipline that a lot of us are kind of talking about with him. And I get, I get, he's from the hood in North Carolina, and he, you know, he had a, a, a an unconventional upbringing. And didn't have the right people around him, but Mike Tyson. Oh, man, this cat, this Mike, cat. Mike Tyson said it best. He said, "I don't care how good you are, you are not a great athlete if you don't have discipline. You could be the best boxer, the best basketball player, the best hockey player. If you don't have discipline, you are not." A great I, I, I gotta, player. I gotta, I gotta push you back on that, man, because this cat was a. He was one of the. He had a full scholarship. This cat ain't the kind of cat that was no just. He he could he was going to go to college on a full ride, and so my thing I don't think he had a mindset of laziness. I'm from the hood, not no. This cat was a spe- he's a special kind of cat. No, I, I, that's not what I'm saying. I'm not saying he was lazy. I'm just saying that th- there was no inspiration for him to develop discipline. That, that's why I think he he they they hurt him. Is I just, this is my take on it. You know, you know one of his teammates. I think it was Trey. What's the boy name? Eli. Trey Ely? No. Yeah, yeah, yeah him. So check this out, man. He said that uh, the coach would have this cat working out like two hours before the game, and he would come to the game sweating. They were pledging this cat. And so yeah. I mean, they, they, do, they do that, though. They, they, they do that. To me, they sabotaged it. No, they, no, they, 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 the they do that. They Here's do the thing, that though. in sports, though. Here's the thing, too. So let's 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 put it in context. We, we talk about context. You go from high school. High school probably plays, what, 25, 30 games a season. College, 36 games a season, roughly, right? Uh-huh. NBA, 82 games. So if you're going from high school to college, you're already physically, by the time you get to halfway through the season, you're not even physically – able to like yeah. keep up with the with the rigors of the absolute NBA s- season. If you're not if you're not doing the physical things that you need to do to keep up with the the players who are grown men at this point. You're playing, you're going from playing high school kids. I mean, Kwame was 6'11" 270 yeah. coming out of high school. That's why he's a phenom cuz he's 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 freakishly big. He doesn't have to do a lot of work in high school, but you, you go like into the- Zion the same yeah. way, yeah, like Zion. Yeah, yep. Zion. Like you, if you watch Zion. Zion's high school tape, he's mm-hmm. dunking on everybody. He's dunking. You you put him in the NBA, he can dunk on some people, but he's gonna have some work cut out for him too because everybody's yep. the same size. He's been struggling. Yep. He's been struggling since he's drafted. Yeah. So it's like yeah. you, when you when you and then you don't have the mental part of it too because you're still 18, 17 years old, and all these people got to do is talk to you sideways on the court, take you out of your game. So everything that you've been but doing in high school, isn't that the responsibility of 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 like the people who's to to nurture that in you so that you can yeah, cut off the best definitely I, I think I think his his Achilles heel was Michael Jordan. If he didn't have Michael Jordan here when he came here, 
he would probably would have been a better player if he had somebody who nurtured him as opposed to like. But everybody knew Jordan that though. Everybody, knows that. everybody, everybody knew that Jordan knew was that. a bully. Yeah, Jordan's historically like, been a bully. You're, yes. you're not you're not coming to the Bulls, and this right. is like his fourth season. Right. We know his reputation by now. This man left the game and came back. We know right. he's an asshole. We know he's an asshole. Right. Exactly, exactly Jay. Right. And if so you're not what producing, you, so what are you crying about? Right. You're dealing with an asshole. Like this is not something it's, that's it's unknown, li- man. It's literally like. It's coming it's thing. like graduating high school but it's like it's like gra- it's like graduating high school on your instrument and then you get chosen to go play with prince yeah it's one thing yeah, to no. know. you miles, have to know don't do that or miles, miles davis yeah. right trey or miles don't do that yeah, it's one thing to know somebody's a bully is nothing to actually have to work the experience you absolutely right, right. you right. absolutely and, right and, and, and to experience and, yeah. and real, what a, and real talk too even though we know now that Michael Jordan was a bully. I think the people who really knew back then were the players that he worked with. I don't think we knew back in like '97 that Michael Jordan was a bully. Like that wasn't like the that wasn't well, no, the story about Michael Jordan. Well, well, yeah, I think, no, I think we knew. Was I, think we I didn't know. Like I didn't know that. Yeah, I didn't know that. Or not was immaterial. No, I, I mean, he I was we, everybody yeah. walking on that course hero. Exactly. Yeah, we knew, but we knew he was a hard ass. He we was knew, Mike. We knew and that. you aspired to be a basketball player, and Michael Jordan was talking to you. He's God to you. Yeah. Right. And that's so, what he said. He said he got drafted by his mentor, and it was like, "Yo, this is the greatest day of my life." Uh, you don't really know him, no, though, it's sir. <laughs> I mean, Kobe, Kobe Bryant said, "Remember when Kobe wanted to be traded from the Lakers?" Yeah, yeah. Like 2000 and 2007, 2008. He wanted to come to the uh, to the Wizards. Uh, it wasn't it wasn't 2008? It was earlier than that. He wanted to come to the Wizards. Well, 2004. He wanted to, he wanted to play with uh, he wanted to play with Jordan. He said. Yeah, but- Kobe, Kobe is a different, course. different because Kobe but, but, but is what I'm, but that's, so like Jordan. So but that's what he, I'm saying. He it's was like, flourishing. You know, he yeah. knew, he knew who Jordan was and the type of player Jordan was on and off the court. He knew like, Jordan. What can I steal asshole. from him? That's he he wanted to go from. to the Wizards to be better, and he knew that Jordan would kick his ass and talk yeah. down to him and do all that yeah, shit. I don't think Kawhi was. He had to go through just to become friends with Jordan. Kobe had to keep bothering him, and Jordan was like. Kwame that's was not right. prepared, and that's why Jordan did not want him there because he was like, if he comes here, he's going to get eaten alive. I'm telling you. And A. Poland did not listen to him. He's like, all right. Here's, here's what his <laughs> teammates said. He's, he proceeded to humiliate Brown, mocking him while scoring at will, declining to help him up when the teenager fell hard on the floor, yep. winning lopsidedly, and at the end yelling at Brown to acknowledge his superior superiority in front of the team. You better call me daddy, excluded. That would be hey. Hey, did you hey, Tone? Yeah. Tone, did he you see the the Jordan documentary? Yes, that that's exactly he what he did with the Bulls. He punched his he teammate. Pun- he in punched the face, who was that? Steve Kerr. He broke Steve Kerr's nose. Broke Steve Kerr's he broke nose. Broke his nose. Come yeah, on, man. On in practice. That means he's an asshole. Practice. Yes. Like we're not denying. We're not denying. We're not denying that Michael Jordan. That's not. That's not. I don't think that's leadership. I mean. We give him leash because, you know, I think we, we got to separate his greatness from his greatness as a he's not he's not a great uh, owner. No, he's not a great. No, so, but so, see, but what you getting ready to say, I'm, I'm going to have to correct. He's a great leader. He's not a great teacher. Yeah, okay. that's what you yeah, that's I what you want to say. That's what you want to say. As a leader, he's, he's a great leader. example. He's yeah, like, come on, I'm, man. I'm the example. Meet me at my level. Now, I'm not going to teach the, you I'm, how to get there. The, yeah, you got I'm not here to teach you how to get there. That's why they say that's why Abe Poland decided not to bring him back into the ownership position because he saw how 
Michael Jordan was cheating. Well, that's a good. That was a good decision. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, exactly. But not, I mean, I'm not said Michael Jordan. He said, "I'm gonna go buy my own." And then you see how yeah. that franchise. Okay. Is. Fuck y'all. I'm gonna tell you what Bruce Hornsby said. He said he's he's met Michael Jordan and he's met LeBron James. He says they're both phenomenal players, but I could never be friends with Michael Jordan. He's he's horrible. He's a horrible person. Yeah. LeBron is the most lovable person. He could he could be your best friend, but Michael Jordan is someone you don't want to be friends with. Yeah. But on the court, that dude will, that dude will bet well, you, you know, every Michael, ass. He does every, I, I bet you this light turns red in five seconds. Dog, why are we betting on this? I bet you it does. Come on, People man. People like Michael Jordan, man, you just got to say, you got to stop worshiping. That's the first thing you got to stop doing. You got to see, you know, because as soon as you start worshiping him, then they're going to, he going to raise up and, and, you know, and so the best way to approach him is like, fuck you too. Oh, that's what Isaiah yeah. Thomas and Magic yeah, Johnson did. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Patrick even, Ewing, they all did that. Even yeah. when Kobe played him in the All Star game, and all-star, mm-hmm. he was like, you know, I'm. I mean, Allen Iverson, same way. He's like, that's my idol, but we on the court together, so now I got to. Yeah, we're gotta, not friends on the bust court. your ass. Like, yeah. that's fine. Like, you got to. It's a game. At the end of the day, we're talking about a game. So, like, yeah. Michael Jordan is is hands down the greatest player to play this game, right? Like, yes. But at the end of the day, that's not saying anything about his leadership capabilities. He's a leader. But he's not a teacher. I think Jay said it. That, that's the best way to put it. He's a, he's a great leader on the court, but he's not a great teacher, and he's not a great leader of young men trying to get into the game. He's not there to teach you. He, he his method yeah, has man. always been: if you're good enough to play in yeah. the NBA, you're good enough to know what you're supposed to be doing. And LeBron and Kobe proved that coming out of high school. Even Kevin Garnett coming out of they high school. They might be anomalies, bro. They yeah. might be anomalies. Yeah. You know, I mean, maybe, maybe. You know, yeah, but um, I, I think you also have to take into account Michael Jordan's path to the NBA too. Like he had a he yeah. had a struggle to get there too. So yeah. like yeah. I'm not going to give you it. I'm not going to give it to you because it wasn't given to me. Right. I, I would say that with Kobe having support, it's like it's like the Serena Williams and that thing that they got from that. When you get that support from your parents, that means right. like, I think Kwame Tiger Woods. Did, yeah, I don't yeah. think Kwame got that piece. I think he got it from his mama. That's why he talked about his mama cooking, and yeah. now he. <laughs> You know, so it took him a longer time to internalize and find himself. He he had to see uh see counsel. Oh, yeah, and yeah. I think once he yeah. found his voice, now I think if he's playing basketball now with the way he thinks now, I think he'd have been kicking ass. At the size he was and what he was able to do physically, he should have been. Like, but yeah. also yeah. he should he probably should have went to college. That that yeah. list that he needed that probably way he should have went to with college. his mentality yeah. and all that stuff, college would have done that for him. Yeah. yeah. I mean, because yeah. Kobe, if you watch, went to Duke. If you watch any footage of Kobe, mm. any interview when he was getting ready, pregame in high school, Kobe already had it. Like you couldn't. Yeah. They, they showed one recently with Kobe. They they had another team talking about Kobe, and they were like, "Yeah, you know, they they talking to Kobe, and it's like they went to Kobe, and it was like the other team said they can stop you, and Kobe was like, right, okay.' And I saw the, other that team, video. the other team was like, "Well, you know, if it, if it's five of us together, we get together. Yeah, team. they like, changed it. They changed five it of them." Quick. They had to take there's like five people against one guy and the one guy They were was saying like, we can contain and we have to we have put, to contain we can put five guys on me, I'm gonna bust all their ass yeah, at the same right. time. He yeah. had that in high school. Everything is all about confidence. Yeah. Sure. And and when you take somebody's confidence, but I, I don't think, think he ever had it. That's he never had it. That's he the took, problem. I think he might have had it in, in high school because he, he was the baddest cat probably in high school. Maybe but exactly. He, I mean, can you Maybe. imagine being 18 and you as, and with Marcellus saying, uh, come and be in the Lincoln City Jazz Orchestra. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you're going to have to, you know, it's a, that's a different level. 
you know, and if it is, and I've been in situations, man, where I, my confidence was taken, and I had to talk to myself to psych myself up because when you lose your confidence, you all I don't care how much talented you are, or how it that should go. The mind is powerful, you know, mm-hmm. and I yeah. think they took. I think his coming in so early, they took away his confidence. And it took him 20 years to find it. Yeah, I agree. So, But it's not even about basketball at this point, though. It's just about manhood at this point. Like, you're coming to me as a man. And I'm a a grown man. You're not going to talk to me crazy because I'll meet you where you at. Like, that's that's the energy he has. You know what his teammates said? They say, Michael Jordan, they never see him break. They they never broke him. So he, they never seen him cry. Yeah. He took all that shit. Yeah. His confidence was... His confidence was so different. Like he, he's, he was one of, he is one of those people that you will never tell me you will beat me at anything. You yeah. won't. You won't tell me you will beat me he's at anything. Very competitive. And he very, wants very everybody to have that. Like I can't imagine, I can't imagine the hell that Scottie Pippen went through. That you know he will never, he will never. I feel like he will never, ever till he like take it to his grave, like tr- say his true feelings about Jordan. Yeah, he got you these rings, but. I bet you he was like so cost. fucking right. <laughs> I bet you, like, yeah. I, I bet yeah, you, like, it was right. times you went home, times you went home, like, yo, I'm not punching the pillow no more. Fuck yeah. He punching yeah. the air. Yeah, all punching one of his kids. <laughs> oh, 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 man. <laughs> yeah, yeah, okay. So, yeah. so uh, to answer, soon. To answer the question, Tone, <laughs> uh-huh. is mm. Kwame Brown an NBA bust? No. <laughs> <laughs> All right, and that concludes this segment. He's basing he's basing it on his double double with free throws and field goals. <laughs> All right, there you have it, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah, there you have it. We're gonna we're gonna take a break. Uh, Tony, you are gonna stick around for us a little bit? We got one more segment. You can stick around with okay. us. If you, yeah. All right. So when we get back, this is sports and things. We'll be right back. It's John Lane from the Sports and Things Podcast. And in case you missed it, we've recently partnered with Fubo TV. What is Fubo TV? Fubo TV brings you 100 plus channels, including NBC, CBS, Fox, ABC, ESPN, and more without the hassle of a cable contract. You don't believe me? Click the link in our bio and start your free seven day trial now. And welcome back to Sports and Things, everybody. We're going to get into our next segment, which is John Lane presents the Sports and Things News. All right. Thank you, Mr. Turner. My name is John Lane, and this is the Sports and Things News on June 3rd, 2021. Happy birthday, Dennis. Yeah, it's my birthday. <laughs> uh, we're going to start um, with a little sad story. Uh, the up-and-coming Texas rapper named Lil Loaded died this weekend. I don't know why there are still so many rappers with the name Lil in it. Because they small. I guess, but if you like thirty or forty years old, just drop, just drop it. Do, just do like loaded. what Lil, do just what Lil Bow Wow did. Yeah. Bow Wow turned eighteen, he dropped a little. Anyway, he didn't grow. Um, oh, uh-uh. ouch. Uh-uh. Uh, the Dallas Medical Examiner's Office uh, uh, told TMZ that Loaded, whose real name is Deshaun Robertson, died Sunday in Dallas County. An official cause of death hasn't been released, but we're told Cedar Hill Police is investigating. I heard that it was probably a suicide, but um, Loaded's attorney, uh, Ashkan Mariari, seems to believe his client killed himself. There you go. Sadly, Mr. Robertson passed away earlier today as a result of a reported suicide, quote, end quote. Uh, The young MC reportedly posted an ominous message sometime before his death. 
which read in part, Dear Most High, please forgive me for my shortcomings and all of the times I fell, I've fell short of making you proud. He added, I ask for entrance into your kingdom through all of my mistakes. I know you wow. love all your children and I'm ready for my heart and soul to join you. That's wow. really okay. heavy. That's really Sounds heavy. like a suicide. That's, that's not sure. how that works though, right? What do you mean? Hey, uh, oh. <laughs> I mean, uh, oh, is I it? Let's yeah. Not, let's not get into uh, it. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. <man>. That's, <laughs> the second thing you said was good. Let's not get uh, into that. Okay. Let me ask you all a question. We all know that all of us have kids here. So when we were searching for a name, were we searching for names for our kids that were the most popular names? Or were you searching for something that was a little bit more obscure Something less popular. What was going through your mind as you were trying to name your kids? I wanted a name with meaning. I wanted to have purpose. meaning. Yep. Yeah. Well, I'm going to give you uh, a name that a lot of people within the last two years have said is now the most unpopular name for their baby. Can you guys OJ. guess? OJ. Whoa. <laughs> a rental? <laughs> No, not Orenthal. Cleophis, which was supposed to be my name. (laughs) Osama. Whoa. Barack. Osama. No. No. No African-sounding names? Jeff. The the name that has apparently plummeted in popularity among newborns who were popped out in 2020 is Karen. Oh. This is according to new data from the Social Security Administration, which tracks that kind of stuff. Huffington Post outlines it well. Massive drop off from 660 on 2019's list to 831 for 2020. That tracks. Falling over 170 (laughs) slots. The lowest ranking Karen has had in this country since 1927. So it's obvious the name has kind of taken a a big hit as of late. Per the numbers, only 325 Karens were born last year compared to 439 in 2019, which might not sound like crazy numbers to begin with, but percentage is what's interesting. So, Well, that should free up the non-emergency police phone lines over the next generation. Oh, hey. Okay. All right. 301 what? 301? Yeah. Okay, here's another question. What is the most, or let me let me rephrase that. What video game amongst popularity has garnered the money since its inception of the video game in 1978? Oh, boy. Oh, I was going to say Grand Theft Auto until you said I was, was going to say, say Grand Theft Auto, Auto, but it didn't start in 1978. Nope. Maybe it did. <laughs> since oh. 1978, there's, um, I'm talking from 1978 to 2020. Pac-Man? Tetris. Tetris wasn't out in 78. No, no, no. I'm not saying that it had to come out in 78. I'm saying oh. since 78 till 2020. Oh, Grand Theft Auto. Yeah, Grand Theft Auto. Oh, GTA. Trey, you were right. Pac-Man. What? Oh, it was Pac-Man. Wow. Yes. 11 you billion. You look like Pac-Man. $322,798,830. That was a light skin joke. It was a light skin joke. It's a light skin joke. Yo, that's no, man. That's unacceptable. Thank you, Jay. Thank you, Jay. Oh, you miss Pac-Man. Shut up. <laughs> oh, wow. Oh, the light skins are outnumbered, just so y'all know. Uh, the n- number two. Can you guess number two? That's horrible. Grand Theft Auto. 
Space Invaders. What? Over wow. 10 billion. Wow. 10 billion? I played both of those yes. games. I never played anything for GTA is not in GTA is not in the top 10. Oh. But amongst Street. fighting games, there's two fighting games that made Street. this list. Street Fighter. Mike Tyson's Punch-Out. And Tekken. Street Fighter 2 and Mortal Kombat. Oh, that makes sense. They Street Fighter 2, over 440 million. And Mortal Kombat, I think, is uh, over 311 million. They keep making bad Mortal Kombat games and movies. So. And movies. There's another Mortal Kombat movie coming out, isn't there? Coming out? Oh, no. That's what I heard. Jesus. Okay. Um, this is Jay. Jay sent me the uh, the link to this one, so I wanted to share it with you guys. Oh, God. Um, if you guys could have a piece of art <laughs> in your living room, how much would you pay for it? Five dollars. That's the most you would pay for a piece of art. <laughs> Five dollars. Pay for a piece Five. of art. You about, for the one you about to talk about, I wouldn't pay none. Well, well that's because it is nothing. nothing. <laughs> Italian <laughs> artist Salvatore. <laughs> Italian artist Salvatore Garau recently auctioned an invisible sculpture for fifteen thousand euros or eighteen thousand three hundred dollars. Can we write an inaudible song and see if we can get some royalties on it? This is a story. Oh, Just wow. think about it. It's always playing. It's always playing. Yo, so we need to get royalties song. all the time. How do you copyright that shit? It's always playing. It's on right now. You don't hear it? Yeah. Someone someone tried first of all, someone tried to do that. And they, they didn't get they didn't get any royalty fees. Um they were trying to they, they have a track of silence and um they asked their fans to put that song on repeat. I feel like I remember that. Yeah, they put that song on repeat. And go to sleep and just let it play uh, while they were sleeping, so that they could make money off of it. And Spotify found out about it and said, technically, that's not music. So you know, you don't get any music. You don't get any money for it. Um, but according to uh, Sarah Santoro Santora of uh, Newsweek, she says the sculpture's initial price was set between six thousand and nine thousand euros. However, the price was raised after several bids were placed. The sculpture is titled uh, Io Sono, or, which is Italian for I am. And the 67-year-old artist sculpture is immaterial, meaning that the sculpture does not actually exist. Uh, he's received much critique for the sale, uh, and he argues that his work of art isn't nothing, but it is instead a vacuum. I'm John Lane, and this is the Sports and Things News. Um. Yo. Thanks, John. Wow. Thanks for that. Yo. Wow. <laughs> but um, did you see the Instagram post of his first sculpture? Was no. it uh, Lionel Richie's head? Lionel Richie bust. It should have been. No, I got to see it. It really should have been. It's in Is the it article. in that article? It's in the article. If you scroll down, it's in the article. They, it's an Instagram post of his first work because that one wasn't sold. It was just displayed. I'm sure I don't even, even, even want to. Right, I don't even want to tell you what it is. Just go look at the Instagram. No, fuck that. It's basically an empty box. <laughs> oh, I see it. It's white tape. What? On the ground. I see That's it. His first, that was his first piece, John. But he didn't sell that one. That one was just for the you know. That for one was just, that was for just the to get you high for the culture. For this next yep. One. Exactly. Oh man, what's wrong? I like this guy. I like this guy's. Uh, I like. His, I like his. No, uh, Dennis. No. Okay. No. no, I don't like him. Sorry. That's not, that's that's <laughs> right, sorry, that's sorry. that's not hustling. No, 
right, we're going to get into our next segment, which is uh, the artist of the week. And since we have a guest artist, we should have him start if he has a guest <coughs> artist. So basically what we do is we, we tell people who we're listening to or who they should be listening to or like who inspired you musically this week. All right. Starting with me? Yeah, go ahead. If you got somebody. Go for I mean, besides John Lane, because I know you mean so. <laughs> Yeah, right. <laughs> man, you know, man, I, I've been listening to my man Jaleel Shaw. He's a great saxophonist. Oh, yeah, yeah. From Philly. I knew I knew Jaleel when he was 10. Philly, hmm. we we have a it's like he Jaleel came after me, and when I was coming up, I was looking at uh I was kind of influenced by these cats named Robert Landham and Lewis Taylor in Philly. So we, you know, it was so watching Jaleel, man, I was listening to him today, man. He's just incredible. Just, he, you know, and knowing his mom and where he came from, man, he's just incredible. You know, nice. he's one of my favorite alto players. You know, right, right. Nice. Yeah. Um, let's go. Well, hold up. Trey, you don't have a TV show, so let's have you go. He don't have they one. Always, they're always assuming I don't have one. I can right, make one you up. know what I mean? Right. Um, you can't make one up. So, uh, I got one. I actually do have one. But um, A TV show? My artist of the week is going to be Bill Withers this week. Soul singer extraordinaire. Ooh. I feel like you nice. picked Bill before, but that's cool. I have, nice. dude, I, I'm, dude. I mean, you know. I've been doing this for a while. I got it. Yeah, fine. Um, Jay Hill. So I went back into the catalog, um, but I actually checked out his new project. He's gonna pick himself. <laughs> he said catalog. He said catalog. I like it. I like. It. I like it. Uh, DMX, um, the nice. new project Exodus. I'm actually on the fence. Like I don't think it's a very well sounding project, but uh, I want to you know pay my respects because. I liked him as an artist. It does feel like not so much like like Biggie's uh, Born Again album when Puffy just reused verses because he actually did record this with these people. But some of the production is throwing me off because I don't know if Swiss Beats was trying to do too much or it was <laughs> he's like because some he's of it too much. So yeah, but some of it is DJ like DTM. yo, he's he's not really on the beat, so I'm not even understanding. That doesn't sound like something DMX would have you know given the green light for, but. You know, I digress. Uh, support X. Yo, you gotta watch. Y'all gotta watch that episode of the shop when um, Jay Z's talking about uh, the person who he had the, the biggest competition with, and he was like, it was DMX, and they were talking about doing that first tour with it. It was like the Locks and DMX yeah, and Jay Z, yeah. and he was like, he was backstage watching DMX. He was like, you know, that's cool, that's cool. And then they played like uh, the intro to one of his songs, and he said, "DMX just said, Grr, and the crowd went nuts. He was oh, like, yeah. "Oh shit!" Yeah. <laughs> it's like yeah. hundred thousand people going, ah! and he yeah. was like, "I don't." He yeah. said, D, "He basically said DMX made him a better performer because he had yeah. to like step his game up because he was headlining." Yeah, man. And DMX went on before that him was, every night. Yeah, that so, was yeah. iron sharpens an iron, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, J- uh, John, um, I gotta be honest. I didn't really listen to a whole lot of music this week. I was just very uninspired, but I'm going to pick the Brazilian duo Bernier and Cartier, um, which is a group from the late 70s. One of the guitar players is the nephew of Luis Bonfa, and uh, they only have two releases out, and both of them are strikingly, strikingly amazing. So. Um, I think you can only find their music on YouTube. You can't find it on any streaming platforms. 
Um, but if you Google their name, it'll come up in some way, shape, or form on some weird uh, website. And I just happen to have both of their albums on vinyl. Uh, but yeah, Bernier and Cartier. No. Uh, I actually happened to listen to a lot of music because I was at uh, Chappelle, Dave Chappelle's summer camp this past week. And on Plug. the way back, yeah, yeah, I'll be up there next week too. Well, this week, I'm going back up tomorrow. Love. Um, Celebrity Dennis. Love. Anyway. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's my birthday. birthday. Hold on. Birthday Celebrity Dennis. Birthday Celebrity <laughs> Dennis. So, Plug. Plug. so Plus. interesting story though. So I was talking about Senior homeboy. Celebrity Dennis. Wow. Senior. <laughs> I ain't got no ARP car yet, man. <laughs> Not yet. It's coming. So, Look, look, you check your I, mail today? No. Wow. No, I didn't. So I was I was riding back um and I talked to my homie Ezekiel. Y'all know y'all know Ezekiel, the guitar player from he's from Jersey. I think he lives in Jersey, but he's between Philly and New York. And he was just, you know, checking in. We talking for a second. And he mentioned uh that I hadn't talked to Amir Muhammad, aka Odyssey, in a minute. And I was like, We talk via chat. Like we all in a group chat together, but um and so I called Amir and he was like Hey man, uh, what's up? I haven't talked to you in a minute. And I was like, I'm just checking in to see what's good. He was like, Oh, you heard the record? And I was like, Heard the record? record. What record? He was like, I got called right. you back. And he hung up on me. And I was like, Oh shit! <laughs> what record are you what? talking about? So I went to his Instagram. And apparently, he just produced a new record for um, XO uh, Uptown yeah. XO. Yeah. Um, it's called. Oh shit! Uh, record's called. Hold on one second. Let me pull it up. Culture over corporate volume three. It's dope. Okay. It's dope record, and I play okay. on two trucks. <laughs> I'm on like yeah. a couple trucks on the record, <laughs> so go check that record out. I was like, I was listening Ooh. to it. It's, it's actually pretty dope. So shout out oh. to Uptown XO and shout out to Odyssey um, for not telling me that he's putting this record out. Appreciate it. <laughs> um, let's move on to the uh, movie and or documentary of the week. Trey, I'm going with the one and only Chappelle Show. You ain't watching this week, though. I know you didn't. You're just saying that. Nice. I actually, I actually have been watching. Chappelle show sporadically uh, <laughs> over the past little while. Yeah, that's cool. Uh, let's go. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, yeah, your pick is cute. Yeah. <laughs> no, I was just looking at the fool like two days ago, so I was like, oh, okay. Uh, Antonio, you got a you got a movie or documentary you want to recommend? Yeah, I y'all probably saw it. I I saw the Netflix Biggie. I got a story to tell. Oh yeah, yeah. That was, I really enjoyed that man. I, yeah, that I was, was nice. real, I did not know that the sax jazz saxophonist Donald Duck Harrison was like a mentor to Biggie when he was a kid. Man, I, yeah, yeah. I mean that that yeah. like blew my mind, man. I'm like wow, but that was I, that was a great uh, documentary, man. So I really got inspired by that, dope, and dope. it made me a you know me and uh, John play in a uh, broad sound and <laughs> we. Do, What's the tune oh, we yeah. do? Uh, uh, hypnotize. And, and, yeah. Hypnotize. And when I see Aaron, Aaron Broaddus, when he does it, man, I just think of Busy. Yeah. Biggie. Aaron, yeah. Aaron, Aaron does his raps. Yeah. He does Biggie rap? What? Yeah. Yeah, yeah you got to see have, it. I have footage of this? We'll get it this a, weekend. And he does a good job. He, does a, he actually does, does do a pretty good job at it. He doesn't have a low voice like Biggie, but they the same size, so... Yo. Uh, wow. I just, Aaron wow. I didn't say that. Oh. <laughs> oh. Aaron's my boy. You know that. Oh. All right, uh, Jay Hill. Um, I am actually now catching up. Uh, we're still on season one. I'm watching The Handmaid's Tale. 
this shit is fucking re damn ridiculous. Yes. Especially since I've heard great things about it. Especially since it's all Handmaid's Tale. It's on Hulu. It's on Hulu. I, I, I like I, I, I meant to watch it. Yo, I mean, I got, this shit is phenomenal. Let me tell you why it's so phenomenal, though. Because it's all shit that's happened in 2020. <laughs> this mm-hmm. shit is like, but this shit is old. Like, basically, the, the, the overall concept is there's been a group of people that have taken over the country and now set up their own sort of laws, religion, everything. And it's all like you could see shit oh yeah if trump really had his way yeah okay oh wow okay yeah this is what world would be like like it's so fucked up and very well written it's pretty wild man i've heard yeah. i've heard some crazy things about yeah. i haven't seen it but i've heard some crazy you have things. got to see that shit yeah you got and i mean i'm talking about episode one will be like what is going on here <laughs> yeah all right um Cool. Uh, John. Uh, my documentary of the week is Wild Wild Country, oh, which yeah. is okay. um, the documentary about the uh, Rajneesh in India who built a gigantic following of people and, um, that became a cult. And they migrated after he got kicked out of India by Mother Teresa, migrated to Oregon and took over a city. And yeah. the whole documentary is literally is the first two words of the documentary. The whole documentary is wild. Yeah. yeah. Talk, they, I mean, it talks yeah, about that shit is crazy. he just controlled 10,000 people. Yeah. I mean, they looked at this guy like he was God. God. Yeah. And Didn't all he of the, around, they carried a dude around in a chair, right? <laughs> well, he, he drove he drove his own Rolls Royce. He had his own private jets and it was he didn't have to do anything but show up and people spent their life savings for this dude and all he had to do was show up and speak speak about peace speak about you know uh, the afterlife and things like that and his right hand man was this this young indian woman i can't remember her name um who went to jail (laughs) essentially almost committed murder yeah and finally outed him um it's it's just a wild, but but that's not even the crux of it. The whole crux of it is how they had to fight the natives of that Oregon city, that, that yeah. small Oregon town. Right. I mean, they had their own police, uh, yeah, police that force. Shit was wild. They had their own supermarkets. It's wild, and it all takes place in the early '80s. So wild, wild country. Yeah, it's dope. And my show, or well, it's a show. It's called the Kaminsky Method. With uh, Ooh, oh, yes. I gotta Michael check Douglas. that out. And yeah. Alan Arkin, yo, you have to see this show. Yeah. It's it's it reminds me of Curb Your Enthusiasm, right? If, if they were slightly nicer, but still assholes. <laughs> it's, yeah, like it's such a dope show. Like even the way they they wrote it, like um, just just to watch like the banter between the two guys, and like they're like you know Michael Douglas is playing like a struggling actor who's also an acting coach, and he's having some breakthrough with his students, but like. He's also having some real life stuff happen around him, and Alan Arkin plays like his agent, who's also like his best friend. It's it's one of the dopest shows I've seen. Um, really well written. Um, so yeah, and it's on Netflix. So if you have a Netflix account, you can check it out. So those are our picks for the week, and that is our show, ladies and gentlemen. Um, we want to thank Antonio Parker for once again for coming on the show and spending some time with us. Thank you. Um, if you got something you want to plug, man, like uh, this is your time to plug it, man. Anything you want to plug, the floor is yours. 
Well, I just want to say thank you for uh, inviting me on. This is the first time I did something like this. <laughs> but uh, it, I, but very, uh, I got a lot of respect for you guys, man. Um, you know, I, I analyze stuff. And and so I'm, you know, it's like, wow, these cats are really into this stuff heavy. And so um, thanks for having me on, man. Um, you can go to YouTube and look at my conversation in jazz series and subscribe. You know, check them out. Um, people have been really um digging them and i would say i initially kind of got into it by accident i have a friend named munir nasser and he, he his father oh, yeah. book on his father who's the great basic jamil nasser and we've been friends for over 30 years and this cat is like an encyclopedia in jazz you can tell him what you ask him when somebody died like so i wanted to just create a platform for the for the world to kind of see him because Sometimes people need a platform. And so nice. I said, well, man, let me interview you. And so we did it, okay. I interviewed him, and then it was like, okay, this is cool. Let me try it again. And so, just, and people, uh, you know, they, they they liked it. So I just said, you know, uh, let me do it. Just keep cool. the thing to do it. So it was about service. My, the initial thing was about service. And I think that when you, when you, when you do things from the right place, you know, you, yeah, you know man. You know what I'm saying? Absolutely. Yeah, for yeah. sure. For sure. Well, again, thank you for coming on the show, man. Yeah, thank you for coming on the show, man. Y'all check him out. Check out his YouTube yeah. series. Check out his books. Check out everything, man. Like we we yeah, we all here to help each other out. Like at the, at the end of the day, it's each thank one, reach one, teach one. That's what it is. So uh want to give a shout out to our partnerships with Fubo TV and Fanatics.com and our other partnership with Unhinged Sports Network, where you can check us out every Saturday at noon. Um, also, our shout out to our other partnership with the Eaton Playlist. You can check us out there. Also, Apple, Google, Chromecast, anywhere you listen to podcasts, you can catch us. Uh, we may be going to premium Apple Podcasts. We haven't had the conversation yet, which means you guys will have to pay to listen to us. <laughs> but, but before that, before that, hey, shout before out you to disconnect. International. Yeah, <laughs> shout, out, shout out to the international folks. We got our numbers back the other day. And we, we, you shout out to Tokyo. Shout out yes. to, you know, it, uh, Canada. We got listeners to Canada. We got listeners all over the planet. So, I mean, yeah, over, you know, so it's, it's pretty dope to have started this podcast with four friends and to get the outreach that we're getting have feedback um from you guys and have listeners kind of listening and, and uh, appreciate what we have to contribute to the sports world and the world in general music and all that stuff so thank you guys for listening tell your friends check us out every week you can check us we're we're we're, we're 48 episodes in at this point so almost 50 almost 50 so keep keep listening we got some stuff we got some stuff coming up this year so thank you guys again for listening i'm your host dennis turner on behalf of my brothers jay hill john lane and trey ely we're signing off see you guys next week peace Peace. oh good god he's never gonna be free man what's talking about freedom from his paycheck we got the vibe on deck, bro. Four dope brothers talking sports, so let's go. If you could just imagine some dudes into music, get together to talk trash about whose teams is losing. So here we go. Deep Turner, John Lane, Trey Illy, Jay Hill, the MVP, court in the history. So now what? They got their mics and gizmos. Podcast rapper for DC, what it is, Mo. Yeah, we talking sports and things. From rookies who ball to vets who about to get more rings, plus more things. Like a jam session or something. Then we beefing because our favorite team, John Lane. 
like slumming, jive like pumping, over podcasts and steady every O. You want more than that whole hum, so here we go. Yeah, we go from bars to beats to podcast or astro turf with balls and cleats like that jaw. Talking sports and things, talking sports and things. Priest the nomad up, talking sports and things. We're talking sports and things. D Turner, John Lane, talking sports and things. Baby, we're talking sports and things. Trey Illy, Drake Hill, talking sports and things. Talking sports and things. DC, baby. Thanks for listening to Sports and Things featuring John Lane, Trey Ely, Jay Hill, and Dennis Turner. Be sure to follow and subscribe for our upcoming episodes. You can also reach the team on Instagram at S-P-O-R-T-Z-A-N-D-T-H-I-N-G-Z and on Twitter at I-Z-S-P-O-R-T-Z. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary, void, or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner.